Theology Thursday Live, Second Street Presbyterian Church, Church Cross Street from the Post Office. Come and join us if you're looking for a church. You know, if you've been gripped by the gospel um, and you're looking for a church that's going to help you die to yourself, um, live for others, just as we're told to think of others as more important than ourselves, um, it's hard. It's hard. Um, but it's what we're called to do. And if you're willing to stick in with it, forgive other people, give grace, um, be willing to receive grace and mercy as well, then, um, you know, come go deeper, get to know God, you know, with us as we get to know his people as well. So today we're talking about neighboring as we're in the ethics, ethics number five here, I think we're doing. Um, and ethics being just, watch the last one, I just talked about what ethics and morality is, but it's sort of the, um, the rules for living the Christian life, and that's not a good regulations, the way we ought to live, but it's, you know, the ethics of being a Christian, how ought we to then live since we're um, claiming the name of Christ and representing him and having our hearts change, you know, unto what, what type of people should we be. So, um, Speaking of dying to self and living for others, that's what neighboring is. And so one of the things we're going to start look at, looking at are there's three types of law in the Old Testament. We'll talk about that. But the important one for us right now is the moral law of God. <clears throat> so the moral law of God is summarized on the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Um, and we sometimes refer to those as the two tables of the law because the first table of the law, the first four commandments have to do with how to love God and the last six have to do with how to love neighbor where the law of God is an expression of the love, the love of God you know, and the love of neighbor. So law is an expression of, of love when it comes to, to the moral law of God. So those are summarized even more summarily in the statement um, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Now that brings us to um, these guys that came up to Jesus, and they're a lawyer, and he's trying to um, trip Jesus up in something. And so I'm going to read this, the parable of the Good Samaritan, um, Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. I got less than 10 minutes to go. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test and said, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor and with all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, um, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down to Jerusalem, to Jericho. He fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, he came to the place and saw him pass by the other side. But a Samaritan, now these were the kind of the, um, the racially hated group by this guy. A Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. That means he felt for the other person. He's able to, to put his, play in his mind what it would be like to be in this other person's place. And so he had this compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii as money and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I'll repay you when I get back. 
which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, you go and do likewise. So you see, again, what Jesus did is he turns it around just a little bit. The question is, who's my neighbor? Because he's like, okay, I have to love my neighbor as I love myself. Who's my neighbor? Because, you know, Old Testament, you had enemies that you were supposed to um, separate from. And there were enemies with um, Old Testament Israel. But now here we are in the time of Christ. What's he going to say? Who? Who is my neighbor? Who are the people that I have to love like myself? Because surely it's you know, a limited group of people. And he turned around, though. He says, "Not who, who is your neighbor? Who was a neighbor to that person? So being a neighbor isn't about where you live or about who you are or anything like that. Being a neighbor is caring for somebody and helping somebody. And see how he turned it? It's not looking around and going, who do I have to love? You know, it's um, who needs me to love them? You know, that's the question. So in, in a sense, the whole world is your neighbor, but you are to be a neighbor to anyone that you see that needs something. Um, so that's what Jesus, how he turned it around. Remember, we looked at the golden rule, um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But the, the rule had been around a long time, but it had always been stated, don't do anything to somebody else that you wouldn't want them to do to you. And that's it's, it's fair enough. But Jesus is like, no, do to people what you would want them to do to you. It's active. We need to be um, not just sitting around passively waiting for something to come across your path or, or anything like that, but to, to seek and to move and to, to be motivated to go out you know, outside of wherever you are, open your eyes, look around who needs something, and then you be the person. You see the need, you figure it out, and then you be the person that's able to help somebody else. That's the Christian ethic. It is not about limiting the scope of who I'm willing to help. So all this racial mess that's going on right now um, is just like, this is the gospel solution. You help other people. You be there for other people. You do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You be the neighbor to the person who needs you. Um, and that means forgiveness. And that was the reason he brought this thing up with the, uh, that was the Samaritan. They hated the Samaritans. Um, they were all messed up as far as the religious stuff went. They had separated from Israel. They had gone, they were the northern kingdom. They were worshiping on another mountain because they didn't want to come to the southern kingdom of um, Jordan to, um, to, to worship in Jerusalem. And so there was just this big, huge rift. And how do we solve this rift? How do we solve this this clash of cultures that just, you know, Jew and Samaritan, you know, how do you do it? Well, the dividing wall has been broken down. And then there was a Samaritan guy that had been beaten up by a bunch of robbers. And I don't care who you are, you go and you help that guy. And you do everything that's necessary for that guy. So these divisions that we set up among ourselves that maybe we inherited or maybe are being stirred up or whatever they are, they're unchristlike. They're ungodly. So you love your neighbor. You be a neighbor to everyone you see. And if you see robbers, um, how do you be a neighbor to a robber? <laughs> you probably need to call the police. You, know, you do something. You call them to repentance. You stop them from hurting other people. You do what's necessary in order to promote justice and fairness. Um, you know, but to really just help people. How would you want to be helped? And then think of other people as more important than yourself. I mean, that's, And it's hard when you see another group that you see as 
less than you or the enemy or something, you know, whatever you've, you've got in your head. God says, these are my children. They're created in the image of God. You are an image bearer. I've created you. Who are you not to love other people? So you had to figure out how to even love your enemies. There's a way to do it um, that doesn't put you in harm. There's a way to do it that um, causes burden bearing for you. But we need to, as Christians, as believers, as people who believe we represent Jesus Christ on this earth, that he loved us when he shouldn't have. I mean, that's the key to it is don't be a hypocrite. Don't be sanctimonious. Don't be um, hypocritically, yeah, please forgive me of my sins. And then you don't forgive anybody else of their sins. He puts it in the, in the prayer we're supposed to pray. Uh, he teaches us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Really? That's how you want to be forgiven, the way you forgive other people, because I'm not good at it. And I need to be better at it. I repent of it, and I want to be, I want to be better. I want to do better. And as believers, that's the way we want to be. Somebody sinned against you, what do we do? We, do we demand reparations? You know, do we demand you know, you, justice to the last minute and all these things? And, and the thing is, no. Um, right is right and wrong is wrong, but we... We forgive other people. That's where we seek is restoration. Sometimes it requires punishment. Sometimes it requires restraint. Sometimes it requires separation. But sometimes what is needed is mercy, forgiveness. These things triumph over justice. And so it's a lot to figure out. It's very difficult to um, know how to not sinfully respond to sin. But that's what we're called to do. How do we... How do, how do we neighbor the world that's around us? Because that's what's needed. The world needs love. Somebody should write a song about that. All right. And they need Jesus Christ in order to, to get that. So God bless. Um, pray for us. We'll pray for you. Let us know if there's anything you need prayer for. And that's all I got. Amen.